I don't know if you have ever heard of this book or program called The Artist Way. I don't know like if you're into spirituality, like in some aspects, I'm always conscious of these kind of programs and things because they're usually like somehow anchored in church or some kind of religion or whatever. I thought about doing AA last year when I was kind of struggling with some of my addictions and then I kind of got spooked by it because I just grew up with Catholicism and, and just had some personal like challenges with the institution you know each their own but it, it just wants me I, I do feel spiritual and I have faith and that's something that I've very much held on to from my childhood and stuff in my own way but I've never particularly enjoyed or aligned with church and the physicality of spirituality in that way or faith or whatever religion the point is that yeah it kind of put me away from AA and I, I didn't really want to go into the meetings I didn't feel very conscious and plus to be honest it wasn't really about alcoholism and it wasn't really about addiction in a sense of alcohol like I think the concept of recovery and some of the frameworks that they provide for you or community that can provide for you have been really helpful for people that I know or things that I've seen on online or on tv and stuff but it just didn't really seem to scratch the itch of what I was looking for you for seeking at the time so I kind of put that to the wayside I uh, is that even a, I don't even know if that's a phrase I'm not sure where I learned that but I just put it to the side I did start looking at other forms of recovery and therapy I was seeing a therapist regularly and uh, that was helpful but you know that comes at a cost like we're really fortunate in Australia that you can go to a doctor and quite easily get like a mental health plan to help to subsidize some of those costs I found that really helpful over the course of my life whether it was through my 20s or even in high school going to the school therapist and stuff I guess there was a school counselor I guess that's what it was I mean I was kind of forced into going to see the school counselor just through some of my troubled youth activities you know I was seeking more support I did feel really isolated during lockdowns and things also being in Sydney away from family and kind of in isolation from friends who are also experiencing their own adversities through the time of peak COVID you know it was interesting for me because the way that I responded to that was really twofold like the first part of it I was really excited about being very insular and there's an introvert in me that was thriving and then I guess we got a bit of freedom and kind of reverted back to normal life and then we went straight back into lockdowns again and I think that second time I just felt I really went too insular and too introverted to the point of feeling absolutely isolated and kind of sad I found myself falling into old habits. I wasn't drinking. I, I've been sober now for, I don't know exactly how long, but I think it's been over a year now and I feel happy about that. Or oh, maybe it hasn't been over a year. It's probably been about one year since the last time I kind of relapsed on the drinking. Like I've never liked drinking. I straight up will just say that. It's always been a social crutch, whether it was through escapism, through my life in the scene or as a means of having fun. I'm here for people who enjoy those kind of activities or indulgence. If you serving you it's when it becomes about escapism and becomes a bit toxic that it's not good and that's what I found I've never enjoyed alcohol in the way that I would drink a glass of wine with dinner or whatever it is that people do where they enjoy it or like sommeliers or whatever that job is where you become a connoisseur of fine wines and whatever don't even actually know if that's what that is but yeah I've just never enjoyed it didn't enjoy the taste didn't really enjoy the feeling but it helped me to access feelings of euphoria I guess in some of my clubbing years and teenage years I mean, in my teenage years, it was different. It was like most fun in the way that it was just like a new feeling or you were having fun with friends and stuff. And then in my 20s, it became a bit more than that. And then there was a point of realization where I did really understand that it was so much about fitting in 
or like having the ability to kind of overcome social anxiety, kind of detonate some of the feelings that I was having of anxiety to now enable me to feel confident to talk to other people or socialize and whatever else. But yeah, like I've always kind of just reacted badly to it. Like it doesn't sit well with me. I've made a lot of bad decisions whilst drunk. I've always had a reaction where it kind of make me grow up, which is gross. And I just didn't like it. At some point, I think during lockdown, like Harry kind of decided to try out the sober life and then it kind of enabled and empowered me to do the same. And I felt really good about it. I'm not going to lie. It is not easy, especially when you are in social environments to kind of explain yourself. Some people find it really weird. I don't know, like, what are you up to? Or maybe it holds up a mirror that makes them feel a bit shit about themselves. I don't know what it is. I do find that I often feel like I have to kind of approach it. One thing that I found really helpful with sobriety is just to tell people like straight up when I'm out like I don't drink and that kind of just sets the tone and allows people to meet you at your truth and not offer you a drink or I found a lot of people really understanding about it it might have been harder when I was younger and maybe that's why I couldn't feel the courage to make that decision for myself or maybe I wasn't able to I don't really yearn to be drunk if anything I just yearn to like be included or to feel that over indexing fake joy that alcohol can help me feel but I have been sober and I feel good about it and I think you know, I don't consider myself straight edge or anything like that. Like I definitely have vices. As we all know, I am still stuck on these yucky vapes. I've got like three on rotation. None of them are good. Maybe there's four actually. But look, I'm just giving myself something whilst I ease back in. And eventually the intention is that I would get rid of them and get off them too. One mistake I made last year as I was battling addictions was trying to, I guess, squash all my addictions. And that just felt really wrong. Like I was trying to really like lean into perfectionism of being this elite human or something. I was just trying to squash all my addictions and then also recover solve all these problems and become like a problem solver and just like solve everybody's problems and the problem with that solving problems with problems is that I was kind of giving it away like instead of focusing on my own traumas or my own challenges or my own addictions I was trying to solve everybody else's and like the thing about that is you're actually giving away the energy and then also sometimes people don't want you to solve their problems they don't even want your help they're not even having any issues it's just like you're kind of just projecting onto other people and I found myself doing that as a means of coping I think there's a thing in AA called acts of service where you like feel good about yourself as a human by helping other people which is a cute concept except if people don't want your help sometimes that can leave you feeling rejected or um, leave you feeling kind of worthless and you're back where you started so I kind of had to put the brakes on it, it hit a tipping point for me when I was like oh it's so wild in hindsight like suggesting group therapy as a family and my brother was kind of like oh, I mean okay but uh, and my sister's like oh, I don't think this is a good idea and my parents kind of like Ugh, okay but everyone was really supportive and be like okay if you really want to and then I realized this is a terrible idea I think it would just actually cause more problems and also like just let people live you know like if I've got problems that I need to work through then I need to work through them for me and I need to work on my own problems before I start trying to solve everybody else's so this kind of comes back to why I just I wasn't really seeing AA as something that I wanted to do I found out other few programs that I wanted to do. There was a few groups where you could do like learning about CBT, similar tactics to what some psychologists do. I've done that with psychologists before and I found it really helpful, but like schema therapy was really like the most impactful for me to get to the source of where my challenges or like trigger points were, trauma points, and I'm not there 100% yet, but that was really helpful. And then, yeah, I kind of put it to the side. And then I think after I kind of quit my job, 
Well, no, I hadn't quit. I had quit. I had given notice and I was going to go overseas and work for my final month abroad. And I was at my friend's and I guess former colleague's house. They lived in a share house. One of their housemates is a screenwriter and they were on work calls. I ended up getting into chats with her and another one of their housemates who was also a screenwriter slash director type and just talking about art shit. And I felt really at home in that conversation in the way that I felt like there was a shared anxiety about like creativity and just I don't know we just like we're kind of talking shit and it made sense to me to kind of be back with the art kids versus being on like professional calls for work that was so much of my 20s it really reminded me of my share house life my 20s and the kind of conversations you would have with friends who were all writers and musicians and artists that kind of provided some kind of solitude for me solitude and reassurance I guess that I was in, in the right place so yeah I was kind of talking about it I was talking to yeah the housemate this girl Evie and she um was kind of saying she had similar challenges when she was like getting back into the swing of it all she had previously dated a artist and a writer and kind of always had like this mental blockage of like well we can't both be writers and I've had that in the past as well with previous um, relationships and friendships where like I've been friends with a lot of musicians or a lot of writers and artists that just I've always felt like that imposter syndrome like well I'm not as good as you so therefore I'm not valid and not because they were ever saying that it was never a point in like you're not this it's just something that I had started to have within myself that I just felt that imposter syndrome which kind of put me on a path to like being in the industry and wanting to support other artists and support other writers and whatever as like more of a suit and I really enjoyed and do enjoy the business side of things I guess there's that mental blockage that once you get to the the other side you can't be front of camera or front and center and I really have learned that that's just about giving it all away like it's not that I don't have the ability to do that for myself it's just like when you spend so much of your time doing it for other people it's almost like where do you find the time I don't know it was really reassuring and then anyway so she was like oh I've got to give you this book called The Artist Way which is similar to an AA situation but it's more about rediscovering and recovering your creative self I'm not sure if any of you have done this program I mean I've found a podcast where it's got like activity and stuff but this was just like a book by someone called Julia Cameron I think she did AA and then kind of created this program and I look I'm just going to talk about it from the perspective of I'm reading this I was in New York and one of my friends there had a copy of it sitting on his table and I thought that's interesting like I wonder how many other people are doing this and if anything is providing a framework and some kind of like guidance um, the way that therapy did for me and I've only just started I, I did start it before I went away and then kind of left the book with my brother and then I asked him for it back because I was like I really want to do this in this period because sometimes I do find that I need a bit of like parameters for guardrails up so that I can actually um get on with it versus like spiraling into the ether of my mind I've started this now which is kind of fun there's like weeks yes how many weeks are there here 12 it's all about recovery so week one being recovery recovering a sense of safety week two recovering a sense of identity week three recovering a sense of power week four recovering a sense of integrity week five recovering a sense of possibility week six recovering a sense of abundance week seven recovering a sense of connection week eight recovering a sense of strength week nine recovering a sense of compassion week 10 recovering a sense of self-protection week 11 recovering a sense of autonomy week 12 recovering a sense of faith and so i've just read like the intro i've already read that and i'm started on week one there's some really interesting little quotes 
kind of on the side of these pages, which I, I love, I love a good quote, as we all do. I was kind of just reading through the basic principles. I find it really interesting. It's like, I guess it's really just about trying to unblock some of your creative energies. Harry's actually reading this book about um, your subconscious, your unconscious, your subconscious. Like there's this like, I guess I'm getting the two basic tools, which are the morning pages and the artist day. I've only read the morning pages part, but it's kind of this tool in the morning, just like freehand, write three pages of text that don't necessarily make any sense and just kind of get into that habit of just pushing past this blockage of like your rational mind and your conscious mind and just not reading back on it either just like trying to push through that in my mind that's just purging which is what I do on this pod which is why I hopped on so I do have a some sense of direction with what I'm talking about right now which was arriving at the place where I was talking about this exact thing which is just getting to the point where you kind of get out of your head and don't overthink it I mean that's why I don't really have an outline or any even cue cards or talking points when I get on the mic it's just hop into the booth I just kind of go off the dome and I that's how I feel most natural and I actually that's how I am when I get into conversations and that is how I feel truthful this morning page thing I'm definitely I pulled out my notebook and I'm gonna do it it's interesting because we're so used to typing and I think the problem with typing at times is when I am writing, I do find it challenging sometimes to be on a laptop or device of any kind. I mean, probably the easiest one for me is my phone just because that's the way I like text or like chat or whatever. The way I type is actually strange when I text. Like I kind of press send after each sentence as if I was saying it like a sentence, which is the worst for someone that's receiving text from me because you'll either hear nothing from me and I won't reply or you'll get 20 unread messages, but really it's like like one message I try to find ways that I can like not stare at the screen because the challenge with devices especially computers is because of your rational brain just like knowing about punctuation and knowing about grammar and knowing about you know editing you know I'm not a copy editor in that way like I'm not technically trained well, I guess I have done a lot of technical training in that way but I, I would say that I'm actually terrible at copy editing in that formal sense because I've just been absolutely destroyed by the internet with the way that I used to chat so much and the way I abbreviate words and like the way that I use slang and emojis and stuff like that I don't know what the technical way of editing is I just go with what sounds good like the way I would edit is like does it sound like something I would say or that you would say does it sound like conversation can I read it in my mind like someone's talking to me because I find that's an easier way of reading like it's like I struggle to read classic books like I love the concept of reading you know your penguin classics or whatever but they're fucking hard to read like what are you saying first of all the language has evolved really proper English from back in the day that we would study in literature it was just it's like Shakespearean I don't know what you're saying I can analyze it and like get to a source code and what the hell is actually going on I don't talk like that so therefore it's just like very foreign to me so I don't like writing like that like I hate when I'm just writing like a thesaurus and sometimes when I'm reading books or I'm reading articles or whatever and people are writing like that it's like do you talk like this and then some people do some people are just highly intellectual and very formally trained and very intelligent in that way and particularly reading like papers and things like that reports in the academic sense or in the professional sense I'm like okay I understand why this needs to be this way because it needs to be some kind of valid document to be I, I honestly, no, I don't even see myself doing that kind of stuff. I've had to write a thesis before and I, I don't know what the hell. I don't know what the hell I did. I don't think it was a full thesis, actually. I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was a full thesis. I don't even know if it was a thesis. So now that I'm thinking back, it was really like an essay. But I've had to write five, 10,000 word pieces before. And it's just like, ugh, my worst. Like, ugh. 
the worst thing ever about university, whatever, is doing references. Like, I know that it's like you want to attribute and you want to give credit that I agree with, but it's this very specific style of referencing that exists. I know you feel me. It's the worst. Yes, you can go on like a Harvard referencing generator now, which makes it so much easier, but I'm like, oh. Oh, I know it's a system, but it's just the worst. And like, if you don't think it's the worst, then great. That's lucky for you. But like, I'm sure that most people just find it absolutely insufferable and I hate doing it. Ugh, yuck. How did I get here? Who knows? I don't like writing like that. But yeah, writing on a screen. The problem with that is like, especially when you're doing creative writing, oh, because you're like really trying to tap into the, like almost like your subconscious and your unconscious brain where you're just like trying to be creative and you know, you're like getting into your psyche, like you're going into dream states almost. I found that because I've been trained to use a computer in a professional context or an educational context, there's this like part of your brain that's saying, oh, you got to like put a capital letter there or you need to correct the spelling or whatever. And it's not just as simple as like type whatever the fuck you're thinking even though that's how I do type when I chat and that's how I type when I text but when you're writing creatively I I know that last year when I was doing a lot of creative writing fanfic style writing about my teenage life there would be points where I would just get stuck on a page you really got to push through at that point there was like points where I would just find myself editing the same page again and again trying to make it perfect but like every day I'd wake up and I'd want it to sound different got to a point where I have to shelve it because I just couldn't move forward and it was like clearly it wasn't the story that needed to be told because I was stuck on this fiction that I was rewriting and it just didn't really serve me and it didn't make any sense and it just became a chore that's sometimes how I feel about writing on a page like I just get a bit lazy at times because it's hard to just like be creative and it's hard to like be imaginative and it's hard to write like writing sucks it's like I love it and then it hates me <laughs> so oh my gosh I listen to so many podcasts and interviews with writers there's all these quotes you can google it choosing to be a writer or being a writer is like choosing to do homework every day for the rest of your life and that's the general sentiment and I'm like ooh, homework sucks and we all know it and I know it, and it like terrorizes me. Why do I love it? And why does it hate me? These are the questions. There's the lazy points where my brain will just go, I can't do it. So then I default to editing. I'll, go, I'll take an editing break and I'll clean up some of my copy. Then I find that I've just really been working on the same three paragraphs. So like, I don't know how long trying to get the perfect intro or the perfect dialogue or whatever. And it's just absolutely painful. And sometimes I wonder if inevitably when I am in a writer's room, which is the collaborative space, if that will help me get through some of these blockages because you're just your own worst enemy when you're writing alone. Like it's so lonely. I can't even express how lonely it is. The worst part about writing, particularly creative writing or like fictional writing or just even writing memoirs, it's just journals. It's just so insular. I'm already existential as a person, like as a baseline, I'm fucking emo. And then I have to like go deeper. It's like I'm going to therapy every time I look at that fucking screen. And then I'm just like, okay, cool. That's great. I guess this activity and this artist way book is saying you got to get pushed through. And that's why they were saying like freehand writing is good. I write like shit. I know that you learn in primary school, or whatever, elementary school, how to write. And you just like learn cursive and whatever the fuck else they teach you. And you get your pen license stuff. This is really, really foreign to people that grew up with computers. But back in the day, we had to use pen and paper or pencil and paper before you get pen license. I don't know. I lost all those skills because I'm just so good at touch typing. Like I have always been good because I spent so much time in chat rooms. There was this program we had at computer class called TAPS and they'd have to put like a cardboard box over your hand so you couldn't see and you learn to touch type. I was excellent at it. Being a great typer since forever, like I can type fucking fast. 
like a maniac because I would have to keep up with like chat rooms. Merck was like Discord, you gotta be fast and you gotta get there, like you gotta be part of the conversation. So yeah, I'm cursed by how my ability at typing so naturally I, I feel like I would like to use a device versus using freehand writing. And I've also forgotten how to write. It just looks like shit. Like I can't even read it half the time. Which is probably not the point of this activity. It's not about like she even says, don't read back. Not for at least eight weeks. And I'm like, okay, cool. So you should my three pages a day for the next eight weeks and never look at it. I'm not mad at that. It's probably going to be full of gold because you're just going to get all these passive thoughts out of your head. And I guess it's a purge in that way. So I'm going to do it, but it's going to look like shit. And I'm hoping that my handwriting gets better during this process. I swear I get like RSI, repetitive strain injury or whatever, like when I hold a pen for too long. Maybe I'm holding it wrong. It's kind of how I feel about running. I'm really good at walking. I think I fall on my feet weird when I run. Something I'm working on, I would like to be more of a runner. Harry's identifies as a runner now, and I'd love to have that freedom. I'm getting better at it. I need to do a bit more of it. I do love walking, and I will go for a walk after this purge. But I'm going to try this out. If you're listening, you want to give it a go. If you're not keen to do this program, and you don't need to, and you don't have addictions like I do, and you don't have creative blockage like I do, then it could just be an interesting tool just for journaling sake. Even that's a little takeaway. I will be doing it. Who knows what will come out of me? And maybe I'll build some kind of tolerance in my hand to be able to hold a pen properly. I'm not sure. Practice makes perfect. And also, I guess that's how you build strength. It's like going to the gym. It's like eventually you get really good at lifting. I guess it's like anything. I never used to be able to walk as long as I could. And now I'm just like, oh, five kilometers, that's nothing. 10 kilometers, that's nothing. On a side note to everything, I am getting, trying to get back into the fitness of it all. Though I found that really helpful with some of my challenges with addiction. Like it is a bit of a healthy addiction to get into exercise. I think I've got a more healthy relationship with now. I'm not obsessive, but I do find it really helps me with my mental state to just walk it out, have some me time, be one with my thoughts, but doing something. Again, I have got ADHD, so it really helps when I'm like moving. I was really into yoga and like reform Pilates. I love doing yoga with Adrian on YouTube if you haven't encountered her before. Like I always thought yoga was cringe. I was like, ugh, I'm not into that juju mindset. But she was fine and I had a lot of friends that would do it. And she's just so quirky and cute. And I mean, she's huge. You probably already heard of her, but I just found her really funny and just like she doesn't make you feel lame and just is really like hyper aware of the fact that like not everyone's like a yoga master. I like doing yoga for stretching and just to stretch out my muscles and relax. I have neck ache, back ache, leg ache, whatever. And it just helps me to kind of release some of that tension. It also helps again with my mental health just to focus on breathing and things like that. So I'm going to try to get back into doing those. And you can do them from anywhere. Like they're on YouTube and I, sometimes you don't even need it. Like you don't need a yoga mat. You can use a towel. There's this one I love, which is just like a 45 minute total body stretch situation. Most of the time I get to like 30 minutes and I'm like all right that's enough for you but a little goes a long way as uh Adrian likes to say so those are the kind of some things that have helped me I'm not really in a financial position to afford therapy right now so I'm doing what I can I think exercise walking and maybe getting back to yoga and maybe doing this artist way program is going to be really helpful for me doing the podcast is really helpful for me where I don't have a therapist I have you which is me because right now I'm just talking to myself hopefully at some point when I do publish this there will be someone else in the other line, someone else catching catching these thoughts on the other side of the abyss. Yeah, these are some of my 
strategies for staying on track. Addiction's a funny thing. Anything can be an addiction. The internet is an addiction. Social media is an addiction. Gaming is an addiction. Everything is an addiction. If you do too much of it in excess to a point of being unhealthy. I think it's okay to do things in excess. Like I don't actually don't have a problem with that. I actually think it's when it's not serving you or it makes you feel like shit and you can't stop doing it. That's when I see it as an addiction. I'm sure there's technical and scientific benchmarks for this, but for me it is subjective. It's like I kind of have to set those boundaries and know when it's starting to become unhealthy or it's making me sad or making me upset, making me angry or destroying things in my life. And I had a situation with my ADHD medication, like it was just a little too close to being at the club. And I did struggle with, you know, trying different medications and also not knowing my boundaries and kind of becoming reliant on them and getting addicted to the success. I felt like Annie from community. I was such an overachiever at heart. And I just got obsessed with getting good grades and I got obsessed with doing things perfect. I was like, got even obsessed with formatting. I was just spending so much time on this formatting for some of my assignments and processes and whatever at work and at school and it just got a bit, you know, you're not sleeping properly and now you're like crying and getting upset. I just had to chill on those. I had to quit those and now I haven't had them. I think about them often. I think about how it could be so easy and I, I would be less all over the place and I could be really efficient and I just have to remember that the opportunity costs and the downside to it all didn't really serve me. So I have somehow refrained. I've hidden the last remaining bottle of medication I have like at the back of my cupboard somewhere at my parents' house. You know, I've really thought about it. I'm thinking about it right now and it's not worth it. Even though there were so many positives, I think it's just not great for me. At the end of the day or the side of my day, it feels good to just talk to someone, even if that is just this little microphone and this little recording that uh, makes me just feel a little bit centered and a little bit more present. And also just to purge some of these, these demons that I wake up with, that I go to bed with, that are just part of me. It is nice to share. Try out some of these tactics. I will, um, I will be trying this purging. They also call it brain drain, which I like. It's a cute name. So so yeah, if you find yourself with pen and paper and the ability to write three pages a day, then give it a go. I will be giving it a go and we'll see. I'm sure I'll report back on it soon. But in the meantime, I'm going to go for a walk, but I will talk to you soon.